Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday to you. It is Friday, the 8th of September, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew in the chair for the final time this week. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast, 1300 01 1170, our open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736. And that's all before breakfast with Vossi and Brandy for listeners in Sydney, for our listeners in Queensland. Queensland, it'll be Patton Heels after the six o'clock news. Lots to get through. Start of the NRL finals tonight. As we know, Charlie Goodso will join me in the studio very soon to preview uh, four huge games across the course of the weekend, beginning tonight with the Broncos up against the Melbourne Storm. The AFL finals already underway. We'll talk to you about that. The US Open women's semi-final day coming up a little later on this morning. There was cricket overnight as well, plus some NRLW as well. So plenty to get through on this Friday morning as always want to hear from you 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 the hot topic thanks to rain built tough for aussie conditions when it comes to water heating ask your plumber to install a rain Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install the ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, a couple of things I want to hear from you this morning uh, before we hear from Charlie Good, sir. On 1300 1170 or 0457 736 736, the four finals coming up across the NRL finals starting tonight, two games tomorrow, one game on Sunday. Who are the four winners and by how many? one 736 By the end of this weekend, eight become six. Who are the two teams that go out? And what's going to be the headline come Monday morning out of a huge weekend of sport? NRL finals, AFL finals, US Open finals weekend. The NFL gets underway. Uh, the Socceroos are in action. We'll talk to John Gallo about that a little later on as well. So plenty to talk about uh, when we meet again next week. But your predictions for the weekend, one 1170 or 0457-736-736. Now, uh, before we get to some of the headlines, as I said, plenty of sport played overnight. So let's just bring you up to speed with what happened. The NRLW got underway, round eight of the NRLW competition. The Cronulla Sharks, 16, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, eight out at Shark Park. So good win for the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, that continues tomorrow. We'll talk about that shortly with Charlie Good. So now AFL, uh, first final underway. Uh, the final series they get playing last night, a game tonight, then a couple tomorrow. And Collingwood uh, got the win last night, uh, much to uh, Charlie Goodso's happiness. He walked into the office with pride and smiling this morning. Uh, they did win uh, Collingwood, 9-6-60 over Melbourne at 7-11-53. Uh, Collingwood at one point were... Uh, winning by 25 points heading into the final quarter. The Demons tried to come back, but not good enough. So Collingwood, who are the flag favourites in the AFL, win by seven, get themselves a week off. Meanwhile, the Demons will wait to see who wins the clash tonight between Carlton and the Sydney Swans as to who they are going to be playing next week in an elimination final. Of course, the Swans in action against Carlton tonight. The Swans finish at eighth, Carlton in fifth. So it's going to be an interesting game tonight in the AFL. We've also had some cricket overnight as well. And hopefully next week we'll have a chat with Paul Dennett, who should be back with us from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. But Australia have won by three wickets, uh, which is 
Good news uh, in the first one day against South Africa. Uh, for the Australian, Travis Head made 33. David Warner, though, out for a duck off only two balls. So we'll follow his form line throughout this series. Uh, Mitch Marsh made 17. Cameron Green retired hurt. Uh, Josh Inglis only made one. Alex Carey only made three. Uh, Marcus Stoinis made 17. Marnus Lubbershane was the pick of the batsman, not out on 80. Um, and Ashton Ager was also not out on 48. Sean Abbott only managed to make nine. Uh, and for the bowlers, Josh Hazelwood off his 10 overs took three for 41. Marcus Stoinis off six overs, two for 20. The rest of them, Sean Abbott, Ashton Ager, Adam Zamba and Cameron Green also took one wicket each. But Australia getting the win there in the cricket by three wickets. Uh, the first of the one days. And as I say, we'll talk to Paul Dennett more about that tomorrow, uh, next week on the show. Uh, let's have a look at what is making headlines today as well uh, before we get stuck into our preview of the first week of the finals. Awful news for the Warriors with Sean Johnson. And there were rumours about this, wasn't, weren't they, yesterday morning. Matt White got a text. I think it was from uh, one of our loyal listers over there in New Zealand, Warrior Holic, about these Sean Johnson rumours. And look, no one else had really heard about it. Um, at all. And the rumours kept going. And then by sort of early afternoon, it was confirmed and uh, was confirmed there was an injury. And then late yesterday afternoon, Sean Johnson was ruled out for this match against the Panthers tomorrow night. It's a huge blow uh, against Penrith. Penrith, are, as we know, very hard to beat regardless. But that is a huge blow. Their best player, maybe the best player in the league this year. He'd be up there. He'd be in the top three calf injury and we know we've seen so many sports players get calf injuries this year Latrell Mitchell was out for what eight nine ten weeks Sam Kerr now she recovered relatively quickly but that was still a couple of weeks on the sideline um, we know the Warriors have at least one more game to come whether that be next week or the week after um, you would have to say that the Warriors obviously they'd want to win anyway but if they could somehow upset Penrith and give Sean Johnson that extra week to play that preliminary final, that would be a huge boost for them. But it's going to be a hard task to beat Penrith regardless, and it gets a lot harder now with no Sean Johnson. We'll see who they do get to replace Sean Johnson. Dylan Walker is probably the favourite to replace him. They do have uh, a few people that they can go for, but probably Dylan Walker. But, gee, it's hard. It is hard to see. What happens uh, for the Warriors? We'll talk more about the Warriors and the Panthers in our preview shortly. Uh, let's go to a call before we go to the break and get Charlie Goodsir in the studio. one three hundred oh one eleven at 70 Brian's on the line. Morning to you, Brian. No, no, Brian uh, does not want to talk to me. Brian, has, I think, is called the Melbourne Tradies, unfortunately. Uh, now, a text there from Andy. Melbourne by four. Penrith by 22. Mm. Sharks by 10, Newcastle by 16. What I do agree with Andy is I think tonight's game is probably be going to be the closest of the weekend. Uh, 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170, the open line number. And Wayne Bennett, just before a break, has blasted suggestions he could return to Sydney to save the strife-torn Rabbitohs, but does maintain he's a free agent beyond next year and could coach on in 20. 25. The Dolphins super coach has broken his silence on speculation. A Rabbitohs power broker has approached Bennett to sound him out on the possibility of replacing Jason Dimitro at Redfern. 
Now, we know Bennett is contracted to the Dolphins until the end of next season. And while he was not ruled out being a head coach in 2025, he has no interest in returning to Redfern. Bennett said, I came home to Queensland for a reason, and that hasn't changed. I don't have any plans to go back to Sydney. I'm contracted to the Dolphins for another 12 months, and I haven't put all this hard work in setting the club up to walk away from it. Uh, he's expected to reaffirm his commitment to the NRL Expansion Club for the 2024 season. We'll see what happens. He goes, after the 2024 season, who knows what I will do after that? I honestly don't know. I have no idea. I could keep coaching, but one thing is I'm setting concrete here for the Dolphins next season, and that's not changing. I could think of a couple of clubs that could do with Wayne Bennett's services after next year. Would you like to see Wayne Bennett at your club? Do you think he'll keep coaching after next year? one 300 or 457 That's just some of what's on the agenda on this Friday morning. Your thoughts on the, what's going to happen in the NRL this weekend. Who's going to win? What's going to be the score lines? Or at least by how many? Eight will become six over the course of the next 48 or so hours. one 300 What's going to be the main talking point come Monday morning out of the weekend of sport? And Wayne Bennett, would you like to see him at your club? one 736 We'll preview week one of the NRL finals on the other side of this. It's coming up to 10 past five. Now on Tradies, the NRL preview. Friday morning tradies news in a nutshell. It is the start of the NRL finals tonight. Of course, the AFL finals got underway last night. We might get Charlie Sorts on the remaining AFL finals at the very end of this segment. So he can talk some proper football. But for now, we are going to talk proper football because it is the NRL finals. Hello, Charlie. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good. Five days in a row on tradies news. Yeah, five days around into work as well. So that's, uh, that's a new PB. Well done. Congratulations. Well done. You should buy yourself a present or something for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you had to ride your bike into work most of the days this week as well. So that's very impressive. I have. Um, I'm spent. That's, com- that's commitment commitment from you, Charlie. Uh, now, all right, let's go through. Before we get to the NRL finals, of course, the NRLW up to round eight. We already had a game last night. Uh, no games tonight, but there will be a few tomorrow. The first of those, at, in fact, a doubleheader at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. The West Tigers sitting in eighth position up against the Brisbane Broncos, who are in fourth. Then at 1.30 tomorrow, what a game. This will be Newcastle in second, the Roosters in first. That'll be at 1.30 p.m. tomorrow. And then on Sunday, there will be two games. The Cowboys, who sit in ninth, taking on the Canberra Raiders. That's at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. And then at 1.30, also at Seabus Super Stadium, the Titans, who are in third, up against the Eels, who are in tenth. But I think all eyes on that match tomorrow afternoon at 1.30 between the Knights and the Roosters. Yeah, uh, both of our teams in action. They're the two best teams in the competition, really. Mm. Uh, unless something goes completely wrong off the rails, I think this is what we can expect to be the grand final. Mm. Um yeah, it, uh, flip the coin. Uh, Millie Boyle revenge game. Mm. Uh, her old club that she led a premiership to. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, flip the coin this game. I'm just going to go the Knights because uh, go the girls. Big weekend up in Newcastle, of course, with that, and then uh, the NRL final on Sunday. All right, let's get stuck into week one of the NRL final. Some very interesting matchups. Let's start with the game tonight, 7:50 p.m. It is the first qualifying final between the Brisbane Broncos and the Melbourne Storm. What we'll do is we'll look at both of the teams and then we'll give our tips. Let's start with the home team, the Brisbane Broncos. Now we know they lost last week. I don't think we can read too much into that from either side. An amazing year for the Broncos. I think everyone thought at the back end of last year and what happened at the back end of last year, how much would that play on their minds? It hasn't at all. They're sitting in second position, going into the finals. They've had a fantastic year. Now it's up to the players to take that next step heading into the finals. Yeah, phenomenal year. Um, I thought they'd be a top eight team. Mm. I didn't expect them to be battling for the minor premiership. No. In, in line to win the minor premiership. That they'd be a bit aggrieved that they they didn't win it, but I think they made the right decision. Rest the players that they needed to. Mm. It's it, it's a long year, the longest year we've had in the NRL. Um, so if you afforded the option to possibly rest players, absolutely go for it. Um, I, I just think Reese Walsh has been uh, such an addition to the side that is look amazing in attack. I think they're the most exciting team mm. uh, in the competition and left in this final series. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think Kevin Walters has done an amazing job and, and deserves to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Mm. Uh, I, I think another coach we might get to a little bit later on is probably my pick at least. Mm. Uh, but yeah, excellent year. And I think Pat Carrigan back is is a massive in. Mm. And I, I think now that they're in finals, they've got that double chance. Mm. I, I think they'll give them a bit of confidence heading into this one. My question mark, just before we look at the store, my only question mark on the Broncos is finals experience or lack of thereof. Obviously, Adam Reynolds is there. We assume he plays tonight. The rest of them haven't played too much finals football or any finals footy. Do you think that does play a part? Not even so much with the Broncos, but in any team in terms of finals footy in whatever code? Uh, it can, mm. um, but I think the the benefit for the Broncos is that a lot of their players have played representative football. Mm. So whether that be for Australia or for state of origin, both mm. uh, New South Wales and Queensland. So they know what a finals intensity game looks like. They know what they have to bring. So I think they've got a bit of an advantage there. Mm. Um, I don't think they'll be overawed by the occasion. They'll be at home. They, mm. they, they play in front of big crowds anyway. Mm. So I, I wouldn't be reading too much into that. All right, the Melbourne Storm. Uh, I think people, like I've said it a few times, have been a little inconsistent this year, but they still finished third. They're still a very, very good team. And I think the Storm have gone a little under the radar a bit this year. When you looked at the Panthers, you looked at the Broncos, there are other teams coming into the season which people expected more of who, some of them not in the finals, some of them just made the finals. And the Storm, uh, as much under the radar as they can be, I tell you the other thing for the Melbourne Storm, and maybe not tonight, it might make an impact tonight, but forever, however long their final series goes for, Ryan Pappenhausen, he is a huge wild card into this final series. Looks like he'll be coming off the bench, but to have someone as fresh as he is, is a luxury that not many other teams have coming into this year's final series. Yeah, and such a live wire as well. And you can really play him anywhere. He's got that utility sort of role we saw uh, last week on, on the Thursday night that started at fullback mm. and then was moved about 20, 30 minutes in uh, to halfback and mm. sort of just dominated the middle of the park. So you can really play him anywhere. And he is such a valuable player. Clive Churchill medalist from 2020. We know what he can bring. They have flown under the radar. And, and I think that's because their, their star players like, like Cam Munster um, hasn't uh, reached the heights that we know he can this season. But that's just meant that players like Jerome Hughes have just 
put together really solid, consistent seasons. Mm. I think Nick Meaney's had his best year in the NRL, should uh, be the win the Players Award uh, at the end of the year for the Storm. Uh, yeah, I, I just think they just keep on keeping on. Craig Bellamy knows exactly what he's doing. They've been here many times before. And if any team can, you know, beat, beat Penrith or, or beat the Broncos in, in terms of those really premiership favourites, it's the Melbourne Storm. All right, the Storm have a very good record against the Broncos. We know that. Who wins tonight, Broncos or Melbourne? Just because you mentioned, you mentioned that record, I, I think it's a massive factor. I'm going to go to the Melbourne Storm. I'm going to go to the Broncos. I think it's going to be close. I think this could actually be the closest game of the weekend. The record, of course, and we know how good Melbourne are, but I just can't take away from how well the Broncos have been playing all year. They're at home. I think this has, to be honest, it has extra time written all over it. I think the Broncos... Just, it should be a good one. Now, the second qualifying final tomorrow, the first of two games tomorrow at five past four at Penrith. It is the Penrith Panthers up against the New Zealand Warriors. Penrith, uh, everyone has talked about them for three years. There's not much more to be said, apart from the fact that no Jerome Luai, but Jack Cogger didn't look out of place last weekend in that game against the Cowboys. And for a team, and we don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks, but for a team that can has that has managed to stay at the top, for three, almost four years, it's just quite unbelievable to see them potentially in a few weeks' time going for a three-peat. It's that next-up man mentality. It, it replaces one soldier with another when they go down. They're just a phenomenal, not not just team of 17 players, but just a phenomenal squad, outfit, club. Uh, I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. They are the best team I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yep. Without a doubt. I mean, they've just got stars across the field, but stars that have that they've built up. They haven't, they haven't bought players, uh, oh. that they've grown these players. And and you're right on the Jack Cogger front. Like He, he just does not look out of place at all. He compliments Nathan Cleary really nicely. He's got a pretty good kicking game as well. And Stephen Crichton somehow is in career-best form, even though he's been in career-best form for the last few seasons. He's oh. just uh, elevated nicely. Brian Toto is having a, a phenomenal year. The likes of Taruva as well being included in that side has been a, a real bonus. He, he's given them something. I think Nathan Cleary is just built for finals football. Uh, we saw what he did last year. He just owned every single moment and he'll just keep doing it again, I think. Yeah, and look, I, I think you're right. If they can get the three-peat, they might go down as one of the – well, they already are probably one of the greatest teams in history. This would get them probably ahead of – so you have had that era where the Storm and the Roosters have been pretty dominant, but they haven't managed to win – Roosters won back-to-back, but they haven't managed to win competition after competition – after competition, which is potentially what Penrith are going to do. The Warriors, meanwhile, I don't think anyone really had them where they are. They finished fourth. Uh, We know how good they have been under the coaching of Andrew Webster. Forget about what happened last weekend against the Dolphins. They're arresting a lot of their players. My only concern with the Warriors, apart from the fact that they're playing Penrith, is if you look at, take last week out of it, if you look at the last month before that, they've been winning games, but they've not been winning them as convincingly as they were earlier on in the year. But maybe that's just a part of the fact that they knew they were playing finals. They knew a few weeks ago they were playing a home final at some stage. And sometimes in the back of your mind, even if you don't mean to think it, you know you've got something more important, with no disrespect to the teams they played, more important ahead. Yeah, I think so. And and, and like I just said earlier, when I was alluding to Kim Walters being the conversation coach, the Andrew Webster's my, my coach of the year with, with a speeding bullet. No one predicted... Uh, Warriors making finals, let alone top four, mm. and, and getting a home final as well. And, and just what they've done in, in New Zealand, just people love the Warriors again. People are talking about the Warriors again, which uh, you couldn't say that a, a, a few years ago. No. Um, 
I, I, I see your point in the not winning convincingly, but but I think that sort of actually strengthens their argument that they sort of know how to win when they're not at their best, mm. and they know how to get those gritty, uh, gutsy wins. That win against the Dragons about a fortnight ago, where it was 18-6, and they were well below their best, but the Dragons threw everything at them. They didn't mm. play awfully at all, and they just found a way to win. They just ground out a victory and got those two points. So I think Andrew Webster's really built this sort of hardened mentality of the Warriors. They don't need to be that expansive, exciting um, uh, brand of football that we know that they can play with the likes of, likes of Sean Johnson and Chancellor Klukstad and Dan Wittenny Zelezniak. Mm. I, I just think they're now just a battle-hardened team. They, they know what it takes to win. I think this is the matchup they would have wanted. Yeah, I, I think if they played the Broncos in the first week of the finals, I think the Broncos would have blown them out of the park. I think because Andrew Webster comes from the Penrith system, he knows it inside and out. The first time they played this year was at Magic Round. And it's yep. the only time they played this year. Yep. And it was a pretty close game. It the, was. The, the, the Warriors yeah. uh, took it up to Penrith, and I'm expecting something similar today. I don't th- uh, or Tomorrow, on, yeah. on, uh, on Saturday. And I don't expect Penrith to just, you know, run around them and, and, and beat them comprehensively. I think this will be a pretty tight win. Mm. Uh, so I, I think it benefits Andrew Webster knowing that he's come from the Penrith system and he knows kind of what it takes to beat them. I think Penrith win too, but I think it's close as well. Mm. And if the Warriors could win, it opens up this final series immensely, immensely. Uh, there'll be a lot of other clubs that we uh, in the eight that uh, playing after that uh, will be that will be looking at that and thinking, oh, what happens if Penrith do lose? It would make look. No, that won't be interesting regardless. And they're not there; they're still going to win a few more games. But if the Warriors could cause an upset. I don't think they will, but it's something it's something about this weekend that tells me there'll be at least one upset. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think if Penrith do lose, mm. uh, it's not uh, – we've seen them do it before. We, yeah. We've seen them lose in 2021 and then go on and win the grand final. So it, it will be a, a big speed bump, yes, but I don't think it will be uh, you know, the nail in the coffin sort of stuff. But Penrith for you. Yeah, Penrith, yeah. easy. All right, and now all the other game – Tomorrow night, the Sharks taking on the Roosters. You look at the Cronulla Sharks, they've had a weird year. And I know we'll talk about the Roosters having a bit of a weird year as well. But they started out okay-ish. And then they went through that patch where they were losing matches. Then they've come back and beat some good sides. But to me, they're still not... They're a good side. Nico Hines is a good player. We know all of that. But even you just cast your mind back six days ago or five days ago against the Raiders, they won... But not convincingly, their attack, if they want to do anything in this final series, their attack has to get a lot better than what we've seen. And the the inconsistency in the up and down form from the Sharks, that would be my main worry for them coming into this year's final series. Yeah, really strange year. They they sort of started poorly, mm. was playing good, then had a massive dip, mm. I think, towards like that, that middle part of the year. Then they've come good again. Mm. So... It's hard to really get a read on them. Mm. The fact this game's in Cronulla is a travesty. I, th- I think we've got so many great stadiums here in Sydney that can house so many people and be a great spectacle. But instead we have to play it in front of 12,500 people at, a, at essentially what is a, a local park ground. Um, I, I, I think they would have learnt a lot from the last final series. I think mm. it was disappointing uh, going on straight sets after finishing second. Mm. That, that final against the Cowboys... Could have gone either way. True. Very true. I, I, and I think what Nico Hines said earlier during the week was the final against South Sydney was the most disappointing because they were never even in the contest. Mm. Uh, they sort of, uh, the Rabbitohs got the jump on them a little bit. So I think they've learned a lot from that. Nico Hines has had a a, a good year, but but not the year that we've ex- uh, 
you know, the, from the back of his Dalian year last year, he's he's had the un, unfortunate stuff happen in Origin mm. as well. Um, he's had a bit of a dip in form during the middle of the year, but I think that's part of the course of, mm. of his career. He's a young halfback. He's only his second year leading a team. I I think he would have circled this during the week and said, like, this is my time. This is my time to shine. I think Brian Trindle has been a great inclusion mm. uh, as, as the six. I think it's sort of taken all the responsibility away from Nico Hines, allowed him to free up his game a little bit. Uh, I think uh, Connor Tracy has also had a, a fantastic last month uh, of the home and away season. So I think Craig Fitzgibbon has... Uh, has got his team sort of nearing their peak towards uh, the, the crucial part of the season. And he was someone, uh, we'll look at the Roosters before we get your tip, he's someone that could have a big influence in this match, of course, spent many years at the Roosters, and I suppose you could say the same with Trent Robinson, knowing what Fitzgibbon thinks, but I think that could uh, play a part in it. The Roosters somehow made it to the finals. Somehow. I uh, don't know how, but they did. On the back of five straight wins, though, and I thought another pretty impressive performance against South Sydney last week. I think what has helped them, Brandon Smith is starting to play some of his uh, best footy he's played this year. Uh, Sam Walker being back in the side. Luke Keery's been playing well. Tedesco's been playing well. So all of a sudden, they've got their attack working. Their defence is working. But again, yes, they did beat South Sydney, who are in the top eight. This is their biggest test, and if they continue winning, it'll just get bigger and bigger. That they've had on this winning streak, but you can't deny the the fight they have shown to get themselves to the final series. Fight, quote unquote. I, I think the big thing for me is haven't been a top eight team mm. during this run. Mm. The most impressive win was uh, last week against yep. the Rabbitohs. Yep. Uh, not taking anything away from that. They outplayed them. Mm. They were better. Mm. They seized the big moments. I yes. think uh, Billy Smith. Yes. That try was one of the tries of the week. If, mm. if it weren't for, for Dom Young's heroics, that mm. would have been my try just for the moment and, and, and just seizing the opportunity mm. that were laid in front yes. of him. Thank you, Gary, from Newtown. That's all right. I think Brandon Smith is, has returned to the player that we all thought he would be mm. uh, when the Roosters picked him up. Sam Walker being back just sort of, highlights how baffling that call was to to drop him. I, I know it was coming having a, a, a tough goal of it at the start of the year, but I think we all knew the talent was there and we knew it'd come good. It was it was dropped him for Anzac Day, which is like what, round five, round six or something? Like, yeah, and the last yeah. game he played before he was dropped was against the Sharks at Shark Park as well. Yes, and, and I remember that was a, a bit of a shocker mm. barra crocker. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it just really hard to get a read on the Roosters. I think every player this season has sort of lowered their, their colours a little bit mm. and they've really coughed and spluttered their way to yep. regaining it a, a little bit. Mm. I think uh, Joseph Swatley has had a really tough year, good. but he's yeah. been good mm. for, the, for the last half of the month and you can pretty much say that with all, with all the teams. The big one for me is no Jared Greer Hargraves, mm. who is a finals specialist. Mm. Say what you want about him, whether he's an enforcer or just a, a you know a dumb brute of a player. Mm. He brings a lot of experience, a lot of finals experience, big game experience. Mm. Him not being there, we'll, we'll wait and see. I th- don't think they missed him much last week, but they could still. Lindsay Collins has been sensational. Oh, he, he's, been, he's been player of the year for me. Um, and I suppose the other thing before we get your tip, read the Roosters, uh, apart from last week, where they did play at that stage, a top eight side, they did play Parramatta and they did play Manly while they were still in contention, especially Parramatta. So they've been playing elimination footy really for the past five weeks. Who are you tipping? Oh, I'm, I'm going back and forth on this one. It's a hard and, one. And initially I was going to say the Sharks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with the Sharks. I'm, I'm going to say the Sharks. But I, I think this is the, the biggest 50-50 of the round. And I, I will say to Sharks fans or Roosters fans, if you lose this one, 
depending on how you lose. But if you lose this one, I wouldn't be too discouraged. I think this is a genuine 50-50 game. Yeah, it is 50-50. Home advantage for the Sharks, but I just think on form the Roosters get them. But I'm I'm like you. I've been going up and down. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to get a read on this one. You don't know which... Which team is going to come out? I don't know if it's going to be the good Sharks or the bad Sharks. It's mm. going to be the good Roosters or the terrible Roosters that we saw for most of the year. And I tell you what, the winner of this has to play either Brisbane or Melbourne. Yeah, so good luck. They'll want to be playing well, but you never know. Finals footy is a funny thing. I think the Roosters just finally at Newcastle Knights up against the Canberra Raiders. Newcastle nine in a row. Caelan Ponga more than likely back. Jackson Hastings more than likely back at home. Uh, it's been a magnificent run because 10 weeks ago, Adam O'Brien was basically out the door. He made reference on an, uh, on an interview with Yvonne Sampson the other night about how he was uh, thinking he would be going to Centrelink the week after the Bulldogs game. That 66-0 win just turned things around for the Knights. Yes. Uh, this game makes me incredibly nervous. Yes. Um, I'm almost sick to my stomach talking about it. The streak has been immense. Mm. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned that 66-0 result. Not even the most rusted on Knights fans saw that one coming. No. Uh, and since then, we've been playing that great brand of football, not just against those those teams that like, like the Bulldogs um, that everyone sort of expects us to win. Because in the past, we lose those games. Mm. Uh, and that's been the frustrating thing about Newcastle. But on the streak, we, we've beat teams like the Storm. Uh, we beat the Sharks. Um, we beat the Raiders as well, another top eight team. Mm. Uh, and, and the Rabbitohs as well. We, we've just been building and building and building and getting that momentum. And it's just so great having consistency throughout the lineup because the, the Knights have been crueled by injuries for so many years. When, when Braley went down, I thought, oh, here we go again. But mm. Phoenix Crossland's come in, and I've been a before an outspoken critic of, of Phoenix Crossland. I, I thought he was, he was good, but he, he's elevated himself uh, immensely this year. He's been so phenomenal in that nine I love what Jackson Hastings has done. I love what Tyson Gamble has done. He's not the best player in the world, but he's the most passionate player on the field. I I, I challenge anyone to find me a more passionate player in the NRL. Um, and I think the wingers, Dom Young and Greg Marju, has been such a bargain buy. Yeah. And he's just so strong and powerful. And I, I just think it's all clicked together like Knights fans were, were hoping. I, I think we saw the makings of a really good team there. And mm. it's finally come together. Mm. Uh, yeah. And the Raiders, uh, very quickly, limping into the top eight. Uh, I thought they tried hard against the Sharks last weekend. I thought they tried hard against the Broncos. The, I, my worry with the Raiders, and we saw it last week, is where do the points come from? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, this team just overachieves. When you think they're, they're down and out, they just somehow find a way. That's what makes me nervous is that mm. everyone's sort of writing them off. And I'm just like, well... We saw what they did last year. They finished eighth. They went to Melbourne. They beat the Storm. Mm. They were going a lot better back then. Interesting. Jack Wine into the centres. No mm. Seb Chris. Uh, Joe Croker's named on, on the extended squad, but not playing. Jamal Fogarty and and Frawley as well. I just, yeah. No Papali'i is a, is a big one as mm. well. But uh, the likes of Hudson Young sort of scare me a mm. little bit. And, and Ricky Stewart will get him fired up as well. There's no doubt about that. And as I said, I thought they were okay the first half last week. I know you're going to tip the Knights, but how nervous are you? Incredibly. I, I, I can't even bear to watch the game on Sunday. I will tip the Knights. Nine in a row. Should be ten in a row. But you never know. You just never know. But it should be a great day up at Newcastle. Packed, sold out crowd. Now, very quickly, can you do these in uh, one word? The rest of the AFL finals, of course, kicked off last night. Uh, Brisbane, Port Adelaide. 
Uh, Brisbane. You think Brisbane? Carlton play Sydney. Uh, what do you think of this one? Uh, Carlton by 60 plus. Carlton by 60 yep. plus. Swans okay. are terrible. And finally, St Kilda or GWS? GWS. GWS. So the Swans out. That's disappointing. But GWS still going. Uh, thank you, Charlie. We'll see how the first week of the NRL and the AFL finals unfold. We'll chat next week. Thank you. Charlie Good, sir, with our finals preview. Uh, 20 to 6, 0457, John Gallo. We're talking a bit of everything in a second on the show. Just before that, want to know, uh, eight becomes six across the course of the NRL weekend. Who's going to win? What's going to be the margins? And who are the two teams that will not be there next weekend who will be done and dusted? Uh, the two eliminations final, two elimination finals tomorrow night at 7.50 and then Sunday as well. Uh, just on the AFL last night, this from Lee. Again, a team has lost because of their behind count. Melbourne, as in the Melbourne Demons, missed extremely easy shots in front of goal. Um, yes, I. how does this happen? Yes, uh, I was just speaking to our wonderful technician, James Battle, who is a Melbourne Storm fan, also a Melbourne Demons fan. Very disappointed in their performance last night. They were down by 25 points at one point in time. So, uh, yeah, not really good enough there. Now, just before we speak to John Gallo, don't forget Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont before November 12 and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. It is 18 and a half to six. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. And on the line is John Gallo. Morning to you, John. Morning to you, Dan. How are you going? Very, very well. Excited for a big weekend of sport. Unfortunately, in this big weekend of sport, there's no EPL. They're having a break. And I have to say to you, and I want to talk to you about a couple of things in the next six or seven minutes that we have, but... I know we've got the international break. I know there's a lot of internationals, including the Socceroos, uh, playing Mexico uh, over the course of the weekend. But, what, it's been three or four weekends at EPL and then it just stops. It does stop. Not that they need to worry about momentum. We know that. But it does seem to stop the momentum of people just getting in, just getting involved in this competition, and then it stops for a week. Yeah, look, there's been this kind of discussion before amongst the NPL circles and, and football in general about why does it stop after only four weeks of, of the EPL season kicking off. It seems a bit of a stop-start uh, and, you know, the, the EPL loses that bit of momentum that it's got in the last opening four weeks. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit wasteful, to be honest. I think these international friendlies, they're you know, sure they can be played some other time. Maybe the back end of a season would be more preferable rather than players going away, playing for their respective countries, potentially getting injured and then coming back and not be able to take part in the Premier League or, or whichever league they, they play in normally for their club side. So, yeah, it is a bit of a concern. Um, and I think it is a bit, bit wasteful at times, these friendlies. But, you know, we've had a World Cup recently, so sure that the players don't really need to be playing in friendly so soon. I think they could wait to the end of the season. But uh, but there you go, Dan. It's the weird and wonderful of the uh, international football calendar. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Yes, and at least I suppose in terms of the Euro teams, they are playing for uh, Euro Championship qualifying. But Australia, they're in action against uh, Mexico over the course of the weekend. Uh, interesting to see. Uh, look, uh, we know what the Socceroos did at the World Cup last year. Uh, it is not, not many people will be talking about this match, but how do you see the soccer is faring against Mexico? You're a big fan of Mexico. 
big fan of Mexico. Um, yeah, mm. the, the Mexicans or Mexico, as you call it, to the locals. They uh, we played them five times over the course of uh, over the history of both these uh, international sides. Won twice, drawn twice, lost once. So uh, yeah, they do provide a bit of difficulty. The Mexicans they play with a bit of fluent football, a little bit of ad hoc football. They don't you know tend to know too much about us, and we don't know too much about them. So there's a little bit of the unknown factor coming into it. But if you look at the squad, you know, which Graham Arnold's got, he's got a mixture of, of youth and experience. Obviously, he's named you know some some potential debutants as well. Alejandro Sassardi and Tom Glover getting a call up. Sam Savara, Cameron Burgess, and Ashley Maynard Brewer. Also, three other players that are getting their debutants uh, in this game for the Socceroos. And then he's gone with a mixture of a bit of experience as well. The kind of familiar names that you're used to seeing with the Socceroos: Jackson Irvine, Aziz Beach, Matthew Leckie. Uh, and Martin Boyle, just some of the, the players that Graham Arnold's got from the experience of Kings to add into the squad. So he's gone with a real mixture of experience and youth, which is which is good to see. Obviously, these friendlies do give you the opportunity to get some of the young players an opportunity to prove themselves to the manager. So uh, that's, that's been very pleasing to see as a Roos fan. And uh, the hours, it's 12pm kickoff on Sunday, uh, so Sunday afternoon which will be really good for the Socceroos fans to, to watch. They don't have to watch it at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Mm. in the morning like they do with the EPL. So, yeah, I think hopefully a lot of viewership on the, on the TV screens to watch the Socceroos and get behind them after such a fantastic uh, World Cup recently and also the Women's World Cup with the Matildas. Hopefully that, that support trans, uh, transmits over to the, uh, to the Socceroos. Yeah, and the EPL, of course, but next week we'll wrap up that Socceroos game and the weekend of internationals. As I say, there's some in big international matches being played over the course of the weekend when we speak next week. Now, you're most of the time based up at you, well, you split your time between Newcastle and Sydney, of course. The Newcastle Knights in action, big game for them on Sunday. We touched on this when we spoke the other morning, but the build-up, the feel of the town, it must be going off. And I think if they can get through this week, They'll back themselves to get through to a preliminary final. One game at a time, I know, but, gee, it must be a special place, Newcastle, at the moment. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And uh, one of the more you know, exciting things about living in Newcastle is that, you know, it is a, it is a one, one-town rugby league centre. Um, you know, it's only got the one team to support, which is great. And it's great to see a lot of the locals support their local team and get behind them. Uh, there's a real buzz in the atmosphere, absolutely. And I think, you know, it goes from the shops right down to the port of, of Newcastle Port. Um, you know, a lot of people talking about you know, what the Knights and what's going to happen with Tonga and all the rest of it that comes with it. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement. There is obviously that, that little bit of nerves as well because it's been some time since Newcastle have featured into the finals and obviously with the whole Tonga injury cloud looming over, um, that's a, a little bit of concern for the Knights fans. But we've got such a, a wonderful momentum. I think nine games unbeaten on the trot heading into the finals campaign. I think they've been one of the sides that have been really impressive going into the finals. They're probably considered in a lot of people's eyes as a bit of a dark horse side, given how well they've found form recently heading into the finals. But, you know, the Raiders, they're, they're, they're a difficult team too. I mean, obviously, Ricky Stewart will have them peppered up for this game. He'll know that his side are probably the underdogs heading into it, which will suit Ricky Stewart perfectly well. So there are some, some danger factors there. Uh, but I think Newcastle, the form they've been in and the town buzzing around them, it'll be packed around 30,000, 35,000 at McDonald Jones Stadium. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the Newcastle Knights can conjure up in this uh, in this final series. Just quickly, got a couple of minutes. I want your reaction to a text in a second, but you get everyone else's tips, so you may as well get yours just in one word. Broncos storm tonight. I'm going with the Broncos. I think they've been really impressive this season with their attack and uh, defensively as well. I think with Adam Reynolds into that squad, he's... he's transform that side really um, so I'm going to go with the Broncos at home Panthers Warriors 
Yeah, look, I think with the Sean Johnson news, apparently the Sean Johnson I read mm, yesterday won't be fit to play. With a calf injury, yes. Yeah, which is which is a big shame. So long between drink for the Warriors as well to be in the final series and then to be out of this game uh, is, is a bit disappointing. And uh, I think based on that, based on the fact that Penrith are at home as well, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Sharks, Roosters? This is a difficult one for me. Um, Sharks haven't been impressive against other top eight sides this season. I think they've got, what, two out of eight games they've played and only won twice against top eight sides. Um, the Roosters, they struggle to get at Shark Park. You know very well, Dan, that they don't have a great mm. record there. Um, but there was something from them from the guest house game last week. I thought they looked really revitalised. Sharks, uh, with Nico Hines' injury recently, I know he's back to full fitness, supposedly. This is a difficult one. Flip of the coin, I'm, I'm going to go with the Roosters. I think mm. the Roosters might have that bit of momentum heading to the Sharks game. And I think with Sharks... Yeah, they're, they're probably right picking at the moment, so I'm going to go with the Roosters just. And no doubt you'll be picking Newcastle. Just a reaction to this text before we let you go. We've got about 60 seconds. Morning, Dan. I still think the easy draws, or I think the easy draws for the Raiders and the Sharks are going to shine through, and they'll be the first ones out. Still better than being a Bulldog. Regards, Bulldog Tom. Uh, news in 40 seconds, John. You've signed Drew Hutchison, it looks like. Jake Turpin, great signings. Uh, seven more to go, apparently, according to Gus as well. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah, look, true Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, that's, that's uh, progress, isn't it, under under the great car? As Brandy so, said uh, on the breakfast show yesterday through SCN 1170, I don't know how many utility players the Bulldogs need, but it seems, it seems they've got quite a lot next year. Blake Taft, Drew Hutchinson, oh, there's gonna be, Turbert, yeah. There's going to be that. Yeah, 17 new players into the squad, I think Gus is going for. He's going to get rid of everyone else and bring in 13 new players. It's an interesting choice, but uh, we get familiar with this being a Bulldogs fan. The, Circus continues in a lot of ways. Mm. Hopefully the circus will turn out to be a good circus come next season, but we'll wait and see. There seems to be yeah, a lot of spir- you know, yes. sporadic buying from, from Gus School, but uh, we'll wait and see how that all pans out. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, but uh, that's the times now with the Bulldogs. It's been an interesting year for sure. John, great stuff. Enjoy your weekend. We'll chat next week. Okay, mate. Take care. John, John Gallo on the line talking. Well, a bit of everything we'll get back to. Actual football at EPL next week. Soccer is in action on Sunday. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. All right, let's finish off with a couple of texts. This from the Chook Man. He says, hi, Dan. 2023 has become the year of the calf. Certainly has. How many calf injuries in sport in Australia? Bring on the finals. East to win. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Thank you, Chook Man. And Big G says, morning, Dan. A lot more confident now that Johnson is out. Feel sorry for the Warriors supporters, but it is rugby league, so who knows? Yes, you never know. He says, Broncos by eight, Panthers by 16, Roosters by 10, Knights by 24. Cheers, the big G. Going to be a really intriguing weekend of footy, whatever happens in terms of the results. Very much looking forward to it. Of course, the AFL underway last night with Collingwood winning. The Swans in action tonight and the start of the NRL finals tonight as well. Thank you for your company this week. Patton Hills coming up for breakfast in in, for listeners in Queensland. Vossi and Brandy for our listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Enjoy the footy. Enjoy all the sport. I'll see you Monday morning from 5 AM. Have a great weekend.